There's some really good HBCU defenses out there, but I have three in particular that are being absolutely wasted by struggling offenses. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and me i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor and current contributing writer at usa today's saints wire Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives starts with an S, ends with an S. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bet $5 today and get $200 back in bonus bets. We have a stacked episode today. I really do enjoy today's episode because we'll wrap up with our two members of the Legacy Bowl that have already been announced at the middle of the show, a little bit different than what we typically do. But in the middle of the show, I have the extra games of the week that you need to watch going into Saturday. But we kick off today's show with a class of teams. And a lot of times we do classes as far as tiers. And, well, we think that this is elite. We think that this is above average. Like, we kind of separate them, and, and that's how we do it. Championship contenders. Like, that's typically how we separate teams when we say classes. But this is a different grouping for me. And this is a group of HBCU teams, specifically on the FCS level, who have extremely strong defenses, but those defenses have been wasted by their offense thus far this year. And I have three teams in particular. You have the Southern Jaguars, the Morgan State Bears, and the Alabama State Hornets. Now, I'm not saying that it's always going to be this way, but so far, that's what it's been like this 2023 season. And that makes it really difficult on me because, look, I'm here. I talk 30 days, I mean, 30 minutes a day, every single day. And I'm not much for the predictions. I'm typically, that's not really my style, to be honest. But I am here to give the outlook on a team, break down a team, and just say what I see their path is like. Maybe not, for example, yesterday or was it yesterday? I think it might have been Tuesday, actually. On Tuesday's episode, we discussed Prairie View A&M, and I said that Prairie View right now is the front runner in the SWAC West. That's what I said. That was a tagline. That's what I broke down. That's what I described, and I gave my reasons why. What I could have said is that Prairie View A&M is going to win the SWAC West. That probably would have been a stronger take, but it's not the take that I believed, and I'm not here to just give strong takes just, believe, just because. I think that they deserve to be the front runner. I still need a little bit more information to be able to say that, so I'm not jumping out the window on that side of things. Meanwhile. With FAMU, I'll tell you right now, I think FAMU is the best team in the SWAC. I think they're going to win it all. Like, I'm okay giving that prediction. But when you have teams like Southern, 
like Morgan State, like Alabama State, they make it a little bit more difficult. I know if I'm talking 30 minutes a day, five days a week, then I'm not going to get everything right. But I wouldn't lie to you and say I ain't trying to bat a thousand. I tell you, every everything I say, I believe I ain't sitting here lying to you and everything that I'm predicting, I think will happen. My outlooks that I give, I believe will happen. So I would like to be right, but it makes it a little bit more difficult to guess what's going to happen when you have a team like that who has a great defense that has been wasted by poor offense. And the reason it's so difficult is because I can never count them out of any game. I believe that these three teams could beat pretty much anybody in their conference. But I also believe that they could lose to anybody in their conference because I don't know when the offense is going to show up or isn't going to show up. I can trust in the defense, but sometimes these offenses have made it, these offenses have made it to where the margin for error is so slim. And quite frankly, anybody can get got. And one of these defenses did get got. Southern got got by Jackson State. And you know what happened? You lost. Because your offense doesn't have the ability to make up for when the defense gets got. And that's tough. That's a tough class. That's a tough thing for me to come in and describe and talk about because I don't know what who's going to show up that week. Right? But let's get into these three. Because I do have, I lack confidence, but I want to tell you which one is the most concerning all the way to the least concerning. Starting with the most, right? Southern. Morgan State, Bama State. And now I'll describe them from bottom to top. I find it a little bit funny to me that I describe Morgan, or excuse me, um, Alabama State as the least concerning because they might also have the least control over what they're going to do. They lost to FAMU already. Nobody else in this class has actually lost a conference game. Meanwhile, Alabama State has lost a conference game. Now, this is very important. I always make this distinction, but Specifically today, it is important to remember that the SWAC teams have played other SWAC teams, but it was not a conference game. So Southern played a SWAC opponent, but it was not a conference game. They played two of them. The only conference game that the Southern Jaguars have played is Alabama A&M, and they won that game. Okay, that's important to remember because I'll bring something up like that very soon. But when I look at Alabama State, I think that they're starting to put it together. I think they might have the quarterback to put it together. I like Damon Stewart. I liked what I saw from him. So that's why I'm a little bit least or less concerned about them than other teams. So that's my reasoning for them. Then you go next to them is Morgan State. And Morgan State has cost a team a couple of wins by poor offense, right? I felt like the defense played well enough to win, not the Towson game, but the game before. I think that was against Albany, if I'm not mistaken, right? So week two and week four. Last week, I thought the defense played well enough, too, and I don't think that it should have gotten to overtime. It was actually ironic because um, um, uh, Morgan State fumbled the ball to lose that second week game, right? The one I'm talking about, the defense played well enough for it. And then in this game, the defense forced the fumble with about 50 seconds left. It was very similar. But in the end, neither one really ended up in favor for Morgan State. But for me, the reason I have them at two and not one is because they haven't even gotten the conference play yet. And typically, typically we look at these offensive struggles as things that can even out once we get into conference play. 
But then you look at the at uh, at Southern. They struggled against Jackson State and they struggled against Alabama State. And that concerns me because, no, it wasn't conference play, but those are conference opponents, and that is not something that's going to even out, in my opinion. Now, one thing they have that's optimistic is the fact that they are going into or coming out of a bye week. So when you come out of a bye week, you kind of feel like some things are going to be fixed. You're going to have certain kinks that you've gotten out, certain things that aren't as sluggish for you. And they've shown things. That's the other thing. As impressive as the defense has been, I've been equally disappointed with the offense. But the fact that I'm disappointed comes a lot from the fact that they have spurts. You see it. So maybe in this bye week, you have these spurts become more consistent. So as you see, each team has their reason for optimism. Alabama State might have just found their quarterback who is going to lead their offense to a little bit more. I saw something from Damon Stewart that to me, said they'll move the ball pretty well against lesser defenses. Then you look at Morgan State, they just haven't gotten the conference play. So you have a little bit of optimism that the offense improves once you get the conference play. It's not nothing really concrete you can hold on to, but it's something. And then as far as Southern goes, you haven't lost any conference game that count against you, and you're coming out of a bye week, and you trust that Eric Dooley will get the offense together. There's only so long that I can trust in his background for this particular season. And then next year, I'll be right back to trusting it because he's shown that he can create offense repeatedly. It's just a matter of he might not be able to do it with this team. But there's reason for optimism for each one, man. Each one has optimism. But as of right now, they're in that group of offenses that have been wasting good defense. And shout out to whoever that uh, random YouTuber or random YouTube uh, uh, viewer was I can't remember your name at the moment, but I appreciate you because they tried to point out Alabama State versus Southern and maybe some of the felt like there was some inconsistencies in how I discussed them. So I wanted to recap exactly how I felt about each because I did discuss Alabama State the same way I discussed Southern, but maybe he didn't see that episode or she didn't see that episode. So I wanted to come on and make sure that I made it extremely clear that there are similarities between the two. And I would like for each of them to change in the same way, which means improving their offense. But as we move forward, we have the extra games to watch. North Carolina Central is looking for revenge. That's the theme of the week. Can the Eagles get revenge over Campbell this year? We'll see as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, and football season is in full effect, so you know a guy like me is very happy. And not only am I a lover of the game of football, you also know I love to bring on the FanDuel best, the over-unders, right? You have college football, pro football. Let's not forget the WNBA, who's about to go into their finals. The NBA season is about to come on. When football is around, it's just like everything else is just extra. It's just a cherry on top so make sure that you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on you bet five dollars doesn't matter if you win or lose you get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you are new to fanduel if you are not new to fanduel then you get a hundred dollars off of the sunday ticket it's a win-win no matter who you are so go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make every moment more As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every 
day. And remember, on Friday, I'll be back. I'll be on the college football kickoff live. You can catch it here on the Locked On YouTube, or excuse me, Locked On HBCU YouTube page or podcast page, however you're listening or watching. It doesn't have to be here from 10 a.m. to noon. It'll be here all day for whenever you are ready to listen or watch it. But I have the extra games of the week. So one of these will be on there. Can't tell you which one yet but one of them will be on there in addition to our actual game of the week. I'll kick this one off, though, today's segment, with North Carolina Central versus Campbell. I I really don't know why I'm on here talking about this. This sells itself. I don't need to come on here and hype this game up. This game sells itself. You're looking at Campbell, who came in and absolutely bulldozed North Carolina Central in 2022. Let me set the scene. So last year, Central isn't what it was today, right? Last season, Central was the team that was rising. It wasn't the defending Celebration Bowl champions. It wasn't the team that was number one on all of the boards. Like That's not what they were last season. They were an ascending team. And as an ascending team who I believe at that point had already knocked off a top 25 uh, FCS opponent, so we were really seeing them, okay, this is who they are. They're going to be one of the best teams out there. When they faced Campbell, everything stopped. Everything was halted. All of the momentum that they had was done and they had to build it back. And they did build it back, but it was a really bad loss in that team. And it made some people question them at the moment. I probably questioned them. I don't know. It was a year ago at this point. I say a lot of things, but it did make people question them. This year, they're the defending Celebration Bowl champions. They're the Black College Football National Champions. They are the squad to beat in HBCU ball on the FCS level. You can't have another experience like that in my opinion it does nothing to or for or for or against you but you just it wasn't a good look and you don't want to go through that for a second season coach olive's already talked about how big they are on the on the front line on the offensive line the trenches like that's the part of the game where you cannot get bulldozed because if you get bullied if you get beat down in that part of the game i don't know if it's as bad as it was last year because that loss was bad oops excuse me hit my water bottle but I don't know if it's as bad as it was last year but we're not looking to close the margin of defeat that's not what we're here looking for we're here looking for a victory and I don't think that you can get a victory if you do not win or at least hold your own in the battle of the trenches so the moral of the story the 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 theme of the week revenge go back and get your lick back That's the moral of the story. That is the theme of the week for North Carolina Central, in my opinion. And that's why I think this sells itself. But I will be that cherry on top. I will be the extra piece that sells it. Um, Next day, you have Tennessee State versus UT Martin this week. And for me, this is a team in Tennessee State that I have never, since Eddie George has been there, I have never seen them have so much momentum. And, you know, I'm not trying to act like it's historical or anything. We're talking about a two, three-year sample size. But this is his era, and like we can't compare it to other moments within his era. I've never seen Tennessee State so optimistic, or people speak about them so optimistically. And right now, you're coming off of what I believe to be, and I've heard somebody else say it too, so I felt a little bit justified in my point of view. You're coming off of what I believe to be the biggest win of Eddie George's coaching career. You go from that to a team that Eddie George has never defeated. This feels like the perfect time to break that streak. This feels like the perfect time to continue all of the momentum that is behind the Tennessee State Tigers. And in the week that I'm talking about them having the biggest victory, you knocked off the last champion of the 
Big South and Gardner Webb. And this week, you're facing the last champion of the OVC and UT Martin. And the reason that's important is because they have something in common and those conferences has mer have merged. So now you have a team that was undefeated and UT Martin, they didn't lose to anybody. They were 5-0. and oh. How'd that work? Did not play the other team that was 5-0? I don't know. But they were 5-0. Oh. I looked it up today. But overall, you're looking at UT Martin, one of the best teams from the OVC in 2022. That's who you get to face this week. Right after you face Gardner-Webb, who was the best team in the Big South. And now that those conferences have merged, you have the opportunity to knock off both of them in consecutive games. This is something you need to watch. Now, the last one that I'm really keying in on, the last one I really got my eye on, there's no storyline here. There's no, oh, revenge. There's no, oh, keep up the momentum of your head coach. It's none of that. It's just I love football. And Alcorn versus Alabama State, I think, is going to be a good football game. I don't have any storylines for this. I don't. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, this is actually the game that I'm looking forward to more so than anyone else because this is just the game to watch. This is just a game, and, and not more than PV versus Grambling. Let me slow my roll. But this is something that I am keeping an eye on because, to me, you have Damon Stewart at Alabama State. I want to see how he continues to progress. You have Alcorn, who I do still believe is a really good team, and they're not done in the SWAC West race at all by any means. They're not done. They're not finished. They just can't tie with PV, and that's a tough blow with the way that PV has been looking. But there's a lot of things that could happen that could change that, right? Like, let's just be honest about it. And then you look at Alabama State. That's a team who I think is also one of the better teams in the conference. And they're playing catch up to FAMU. And I think that's going to be a really tough team to catch up to. But overall, you have two teams who I believe are solid squads. Throw everything out the window. Yes, I have things I want to see from each team. But throw everything out of the window. This is Alabama State versus Alcorn. This is good football between two of the better teams within the conference. If you can't sit down on your couch and enjoy this, I'm questioning if you really love the game. And this is coming from somebody who loves storylines, who loves to tell stories. This is the game for me. And as we move forward, we have two players. You know, I, I've hyped up all of these. I've set the scene for all of these. But what about the players who are thinking about their draft status? It's not really on their mind right now, but it may be in a couple of months. In a, in a HBCU Legacy Bowl is a great place for you to up your draft stock. And two players have already been announced that they'll be a part of it. And we'll look at who those are as we continue with Locked On HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. And Davius Richard and Jeremy Musa have been announced as the debut members of the 2024 HBCU Legacy Bowl. And to me, this makes logical sense for a couple of reasons. One, their position. This is the premier position in all of football. I don't care. I understand every single conference doesn't play it that way. They're not. Every conference is not a pass-heavy conference. There are multiple run-heavy conferences in college football. I get that. But that doesn't change the fact that this is the premier position in football. People are looking for who the quarterbacks are going to be. And a lot of times, if they don't understand the culture of the conference, who your quarterback is will decide how they look at you. Oh, that quarterback's bad. That ain't. 
that well, the first thing they look at it, they're just evaluating you. They're just coming in and looking at you. That's the first thing they'll look at, right? Then I'm not saying they'll write you off if they're a smart, if they know what they're looking for, then they'll look at other places to see what is the heartbeat of your offense, the heartbeat of your team. But Jeremy Musa, FAMU quarterback, Davius Richard, North Carolina Central quarterback, to me, were clear-cut and obvious choices when you put everything together. First off, the quarterbacks, like I mentioned, and not only are they the premier position, look at who's running the Legacy Bowl. Doug Williams, Shaq Harris, quarterbacks. Like, these are former quarterbacks. You think it's you think they don't have any sort of bias towards QBs? Now, don't get it wrong. They're not overly biased to the point where they will force a quarterback down your throat. Like, we're going to show you who the quarterbacks are no matter what. I wouldn't say that. But they have to have somebody who fit the mold as a potential First name, a debut, a big name. And Jeremy Musa fits that. Nobody's debating Davius Richard. If you're debating Davius Richard, I, I'm liable to call you something I don't want to call you, but I'm liable to say you a hater. Right? That's the word. Like that. I don't like I don't like throwing the term hater on people because I don't want nobody ever to put that on me. But if you just have a problem with Davius Richard being the first person, you you probably hate me. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Um as far as Jeremy Musa, I could understand how you maybe feel like somebody else could have got it. But for me, it was a little bit of QB bias. And also, I'm not mad about this. It. probably who I would have picked, to be honest. The other con uh, candidates maybe were Sundiata Anderson. You know, people probably would have said Khalil Baker. But I think it's important to remember how the Legacy Bowl works. So you're not just naming a bunch of players and saying, all right, pick up ball. This It's, it's not like that. It's much more like the Pro Bowl before they changed the Pro Bowl, because I don't think it's like this anymore. But it's much more like the Pro Bowl, where you had NFC players and you had AFC players, and they're going against each other. But you're not going to have NFC and AFC on the same team. It's a group of NFC players. It's a group of AFC players. Now, how that relates to the, to the Legacy Bowl is you're going to have the MIAC and the SWAC are on different teams. They are on different teams. And then you have the SEAC and you have the CIAA. I believe that the CIAA is on the team. Let's see if I can remember real quick. I don't remember, but I think that CIAA is on the team with the SWAC. And I think the OVC and the CAA, because they weren't the CAA at the time in North Carolina A&T. I'm trying to remember where Hampton was, but it's difficult. But basically you have these conferences that are aligned to Team Gaither and Team Robinson. Like that's how it goes. So you're going to take the FCS teams. Like, let's just be real. You're going to take the FCS selections first. And you're going to go with Davius Richard, who's going to be on Team Gaither. And then you're going to have Jeremy Musa, who's on Team Robinson. So, like, that's just how this is going to go. This just makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. And when you look at the fact that they're trying to pull a representative from each team, you're not going to have two players from the MEAC. So though Khalil Baker was an All-American last year, you're not going to have both him and Davius Richard on this team as their first announcement. But I like it. Overall, I mean, these guys are going to be on there anyway. If you didn't think Jeremy Moose and Davius Richard were going to be on there, you haven't been paying attention. But overall, they were going to be there. They, they just were named first. So I thought that was cool. Part of it is because they play quarterback, the premier position, the position of the people who are selecting. I'm sure there's a little bit of bias. Because let's be real, we all have bias, especially in college football. We all think that this conference plays ball the better way. We all think that now, it, our team is just like, I just think biases are more prevalent in college sports than they are pro sports, though they are prevalent in both. I think college sports is kind of shown a little more, just like style points. Like we have 
preferences. Rankings really matter. Like those things, rankings mean absolutely nothing in football. I mean, in, in pro football, absolutely nothing. But rankings mean a lot. So style points, what kind of things do you prefer? Do you prefer this type of game? Do you prefer, like there's so many things in college sports that come down to more than just wins and losses, right? That's something that I ain't gonna lie, I still try to get accustomed to because it's kind of difficult for me coming from what I believe to be a pro mostly pro sports background where wins and losses are by far the most important thing. Nothing else matters even close to wins and losses. So getting adjusted to that is kind of a thing, but we all have our biases. We all have our biases. So I wouldn't be shocked. It's like, well, we want to we want to announce two quarterbacks. No shot to Sunday out of Anderson, but we want to announce our first two players as two QBs. So I appreciate you from having a bias and saying, I want to make this our first listen of the day every day. And I hope that I never do anything to change that. On tomorrow's episode, we have Prairie View, Grambling, State Fair Classic, two teams in the SWAC West that are trending upward just to meet each other to see who's going to continue trending upward after Saturday. But I'll have it all broken down for you on Friday. So in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.